Most people are very disconnected. And in order to find optimal alignment, we have to do breathing practices. We have to learn that because our spine is connected to our brain, when we just do some simple movements and breathing practices, we take two disconnected spaces, our right hemisphere and the left hemisphere of the brain, and we literally can integrate the two. Twin Cities Wellness Collective. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the 40th episode of the Twin Cities Wellness Collective podcast. I'm your host, Alex Morale, and on today's show, I'm joined by Jessica Rosenberg. Jessica is a national yoga educator and a catalyst in the wellness community. Her mission is to make breathe, stretch, play a part of everybody's day. Jessica has been practicing meditation and yoga since the late 1980s and teaching wellness practices for more than 18 years. She studies yogic texts and sequencing philosophies from many yoga and fitness disciplines. The result is a wonderfully blended teaching style and a unique, challenging class for children, teens, and adults that balances body, mind, and heart. Jessica's greatest pleasure lies in sharing, mentoring, and spreading the wonders of yoga, movement, breathing, and philosophy. In 2001, she created the Adventures of Super Stretch, an interactive fitness program, book series, and games for the entire family developed to give children a physical outlet to express and empower themselves in a healthy and happy way. Jessica is a co-creator of Gorilla Yogis, a movement that takes meditation and yoga beyond studio walls and into unexpected offbeat urban settings as a way to raise money and awareness for various community organizations. As an industrial designer, who was formerly with Revlon and Aveda, Jessica now holds many yoga certifications. Her talents have been recognized in numerous print publications, including the Star Tribune, Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine, Experience Life Magazine, and Yoga Journal. Jessica and I discuss her work as a yoga expert, particularly her development of the Adventures of Super Stretch, an app to aid kids to participate in yoga. I hope you enjoy this episode featuring Jessica Rosenberg. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Twin Cities Wellness Collective podcast. I'm your host, Alex Morrell, and on today's show, we have Jess Rosenberg, founder of the Adventures of Super Stretch. Can you just say hi to everyone, Jess? Hi, everyone. Nice to meet you virtually. I'm excited to teach you all about how balance is a superpower. And thank you so much, Alex, for having me here today. Yeah, thanks for being on our show. It's great to have you. I'm excited to learn from you. And maybe we can just start by kind of getting some of your background and learning kind of how you got involved in the adventures of Super Stretch and, and some of the other work that you're doing. Oh, fantastic. Okay. I'm a very curious human being. And when I was younger, I was in a bookstore in my teens and I found a really cool book on yoga and I took it home and it became a passion and a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. I loved the philosophy. I loved the movement, that sensory integration practice to help you to find stability and ease. And I think the most important thing I learned when I picked that book out of the bookstore is how to listen and how to create quiet. And I tell kids that Super Stretch believes that a quiet mind is a happy mind. Hmm. And that really just changed, really transformed my experiences and has turned into a career, not just a lifestyle. So cool to see how, how it started. Yeah. And uh, how far it's come. Mm -hmm. And can you tell us more about the adventures of Super Stretch and, and the work that you're doing there? Mm -hmm. Super Stretch is a well-being program that offers tools to mitigate stress and anxiety in children, which is becoming a really crazy chronic epidemic and healthcare issue in our culture. It's really becoming a crisis. And when I started Super Stretch, it was just really to find an easy way to communicate mindfulness practices and movement practices to children through my background as an industrial designer and an artist. Then 
as I kept kind of playing with this game that I had created, it was starting to have kids come to the classes and then people wanted to learn how to teach it. So then I started making training manuals and then people wanted to learn how to do it when they can't come to class. And I started to think of how can I take these fun characters and get them into everybody's hands. So I went to a meeting because I like to go to business meetings as an entrepreneur and I like to meet new people. And on this path of getting my gritty MBA, (laughs) on your feet MBA, I went and had this fantastic meeting with one of my mentors who had worked at Sesame Street Live. And they're like, Jess, you have this cast of characters. You have this amazing world and universe that you've created at 247 Mindful Pathway. Why don't you take and make a TV show? Hmm. And I started laughing. And then I just kind of put that in my back pocket and kept, thank you so much. I had a great time meeting with you. You know, I I told this man when I had interviewed with him. And then I just kind of laughed and walked away. A couple of years later, I was doing a grant for the Brooklyn Center School District. And they were trying to create ideas on how kids could get prepared for a test prep. And they, we created these little videos for the teachers to plug in so that they can do some mindful movement and some breathing exercises before taking tests to calm the anxiety. And it was so funny because when we got the feedback from the teachers after, yes, it does help with uh, reducing stress and anxiety. The kids performed better because they were more focused and they were more disciplined. And then the third thing was, this is great. We're never going to use it again because I don't want to have to learn how to teach this. So if I had more videos that I could just plug and play, I'd be really happy. So then I like readdressed that conversation in my data bank in my brain and thought, wow, hmm, how can I take that now research that we just did and the ideas that have been planted or, you know, the little seeds that have been cultivating and percolating in my brain and my experiences, how can I actually make something happen? So I approached a developer company and said, I'd like to take my flashcards that kids use to learn about yoga and their cartoons on the front of them and on the back of them, it's a picture of a kid using it. How can I turn this into an app? Because I believe that our world is really moving into the digital era and technology is taking over our lives. So why not, instead of fight screen time, how can I create content with purpose that is healthy, active play, positive screen time. Mm. And the company came back and said, well, we can do X, Y, and Z and make an app. So now Superstretch has over 600,000 downloads and it's on Android and on Apple products, so iOS. And it has active daily users and it goes from cartoon to live action where the children get to play with their favorite characters and learn about mindfulness. And then at the end, once they collect 12 stars, then they get to take a picture of themselves. So that's the gamification of it at this point. And that's kind of fun. And if they don't do all of the 12 poses, then what happens is they say, take a breath, calm your mind and build energy. You're not done yet. So go back and do some more poses. Yeah. So that's kind of a long-winded story on how something that became just a game for fun using my skill sets actually became a product that parents want and kids need and they're asking for more. That's awesome. Yeah. So good to see it growing. Yeah. And can you maybe tell me why do kids need super stretch? Like you mentioned that it's kind of an epidemic that mm. all of the stress and anxiety that children are feeling. Why, why is that? Mm-hmm. Well, it's really interesting because there's so many statistics coming out now on stress and anxiety. One in three children will meet the criteria for an anxiety disorder in their lifetime. Yeah. 
70 to 95% of ER visits are stress and anxiety related. And I've known of kids who've gone there, teenagers who've gone there. And even some of my best friends have like had almost like a panic attack and had to go to the ER. And 45% of youth do not get enough sleep and 42% feel stressed out. So I think that all of these studies are really proving that there is a need for mindfulness and movement practices to calm the body down. It's really interesting when you are a kid and even in utero, you can have reaction to stress. So like if you clap your hands just before a mother is going to give birth, there's movement in the tummy because the baby has that reaction. That comes from a part of your brain called the amygdala. And the amygdala is like your fight or flight. It's your animal brain. It's that hot zone. It's where things like really, you know, that's a more emotional space. And that's already developed by the time you're like eight months old. When you are in the brain development stage and you want to respond wisely during life's challenging circumstances, that part of your brain is called the prefrontal cortex. And that's the cool zone, which thinks and stores memories. It's your judgment, your clear thinking, your planning. That's not fully formed until you are 26 years old. So what I think is so great about super stretch and the programming and the thing that I try to teach children is that we need to learn how to be proactive versus reactive during life's challenging circumstances. And our world right now is so busy and it's so active and it's so chaotic and there's so much fear coming out of the media Mm -hmm. that why not teach positive skill sets and positive solutions and a positive prescription to take a purposeful pause in your life to find ease so that you can kind of ride the waves of life Mm -hmm. versus going, ah, and running around like a chicken (laughs) with your head cut off. And then in turn, you're like able to, and this is what kind of we say with super stretch is that you can soar through life as a superhero that you're meant to be versus just being like on fire or reactionary. And these positive tools allow you to respond wisely and enjoy life's ever-changing circumstances. And in turn, like these practices that we call yoga and mindfulness actually become habitual. And then we have, you know, the 26-year-old brain that's a little bit more calm and easy and playful and nurturing and doesn't just go, blah, the house is on fire. (laughs) (laughs) And I I think it's great because our brain is elastic and plastic. Uh And a lot of the things that we do are consciousness hacking. Mm -hmm. So like if you're obsessed with TV, then it's hacking your brain and then you can get wired to be only focused on the TV. But you can also consciously hack your brain to rewire, to find center. Yeah, it's a discipline. Yoga and mindfulness practices are a discipline. And that's how you can help combat this epidemic that we're dealing with. That's great. That's really good. And it's, it's, I think it's really important. I mean, there's so much stress and I know that at least eight in 10 workers are, are stressed individuals. So Mm -hmm. it's interesting that it's also, and not surprisingly that it's affecting children as well. Mm-hmm. And so what does the, the adventures of super stretch look like? Like what is the user experience when they open up the app and start to use it? Mm. It's fun. It's playful. It's activity based. And then it has little sprinkles of breathing exercises and it has really fun music. <laughs> but currently right now there's 12 characters in the app our flashcards that people can purchase are over 60 plus characters. And in this deck, it allows you to try all kinds of different movements so that 
like a forward fold helps you to calm down. And Hani, the silly monkey, he likes to fold forward and let all of the negative energy out and dump out the contents of the brain. But it actually triggers something in your body that makes the parasympathetic nervous system kick in so that you can literally send serotonin through your body. Yeah, isn't that neat? And then if you want to do a twist and you could do a twist with say kangaroo, which isn't in the app, but it's in the flashcard deck, that twist helps you to clear out your adrenals and your kidneys. And it actually helps and studies have proven that twists help you to release anxiety. Uh huh. And then if you do something as fun as a hero pose or a, which is a warrior one or a warrior two, you can practice breathing exercises, but you also can allow your body to self-regulate and feel safe in space. And a lot of times we're just really anxious and feel stressed out because you don't feel that like someone has your back. But when you do balancing poses or poses like hero pose, it teaches you that you're not your own adversary. And if you just take a breath and calm your mind, you can literally not be running from your mind, but actually make friends with it and find some balance in your life. Mm. And that's your superpower. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I've talked to other people and they say, Balance is our natural state. Yeah. <laughs> and we so easily get out of it. Yes. Um, so it's it's interesting to kind of hear how you're bringing people back to this point of center. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, how have you seen children using this app or is it used in classrooms or are parents using it? I imagine it's maybe both, but yeah. maybe you can just elaborate on that. And that's what's kind of exciting about the program is that institutions are using it, schools and healthcare systems. I mean, even at Lifetime Fitness, it's on the apps in the kids' play area. Oh, really? Yeah. Schools can just plug in the app into the smart boards so that the teachers can use them in homeroom. A lot of friends who've been caught in snowstorms, I've gotten funny stories about I couldn't leave my house to go to yoga and I know I'm not a kid, but I used the app And it was fantastic. (laughs) They're like, it was just the 10 minutes I needed to just get a little stretch on and calm down and, you know, smile and not take myself too seriously. I've had parents tell me via email that my child was freaking out in the back seat of the car and they wanted to use the app. And that's exactly why they were freaking out because we didn't want them to use the technology. But they said they wanted to take a breath with super stretch. And then the parent was kind of happy and they gave the phone to them and the kid did a balloon breath with the super stretch on the iPad. (laughs) Let's see, I get all kinds of funny stories. I don't know. Uh, One interesting thing is, is that there's a doctor in town who teaches integrative health care and medicine. I don't know if that was a proper sentence, but I just made it up. So (laughs) yeah, he teaches integrative. He is a doctor that came from children's and now works in an integrative healthcare clinic. He created tons of programs to help children with stress and anxiety. And he's very fascinated by mindfulness practices. And he's also a game person. And I've had tons of fun meetings with him. But this doctor actually prescribes super stretch to the kids that come in when they're freaking out. Mm. Yeah. So that's really neat to hear that yoga is something or breathing exercises is something that is accessible Mm -hmm. and you can have a kid really learn how to release the stress Mm -hmm. instead of embracing it and becoming it Mm -hmm. and that a doctor is prescribing it. That's just fascinating. That must be a really rewarding feeling for you, I imagine. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I think it's fantastic that these cartoon characters are content with purpose and that they're teaching positive life skills through health and wellness. How did your background with industrial design and 
all of the different things that you're, you've done with yoga along the way. How did it kind of influence all the work that you've done with Super Stretch and the creation of the app and the flashcards and that sort of thing? That's a good question. As a product designer, I was working in the beauty industry. Yeah. So I went to school and I wanted to be in the beauty and wellness industry. And when I was working with great companies like Revlon and Aveda, I started to realize that like, I don't want to discount all the goodness that they do and how they make people feel happy. But I really wanted to tap back into my lifestyle because I believe that beauty and happiness and ease comes from the inside out. And we spend so much money on products, but truly everything we need and are seeking is within, but we're not listening. And so I decided that instead of making people shell out dinero (laughs) for product, I wanted to step back and get back to the heart of the matter within myself. And my true passion is to really inspire and empower people to find the beauty within. So I took my amazing skill sets that I've learned in college and all my skill sets I learned working in the corporate world and brought it back to that geeky girl who walked into the bookstore with glasses on and uh, kind of merged the two of them together. And I think it's really been an amazing experience to be able to take that corporate culture and bring it into yogic slash mindfulness world because it combines the best of both where you have a little bit of business acumen to make yourself dangerous and you have that design background that I can create things and get content out fast. And then also to add in my wellness and my personal lifestyle discipline kind of is the icing on the cake. It makes everything cohesive and work together and balanced. Mm. That's cool to see how kind of all these different facets of your life kind of culminated to create something that's able to impact other people positively. Mm -hmm. So it's so cool to see that. And why do you think it's important to bring yoga and mindfulness to this broader community? Mm, That's interesting. I think that I have spent my life teaching skillful solutions to people from tots to teens to adults to one of my clients that I work with in a nursing home had her 100th birthday this week. Wow. Her name's Honor. Hi, Honor. Happy birthday. Yeah. <laughs> and she does chair yoga with me. But I think that to bring this discipline into schools and into corporations and into nursing homes is so important because our breath is just such a powerful tool. And Most people, when they're stressed out or anxious or are taking too much meds, say in a nursing home or say self-medicating with whether it's TV, alcohol or, you know, being too busy, what happens is, is that we don't breathe the full depth and breadth of what we can breathe. And our breath is so healing and it can release all these amazing neurochemicals that can calm our nerves and our muscles and our imbalances that underlie many of our challenges. Mm -hmm. There's a great quote that I'm looking for. Yeah, so Edison, our friend Thomas Edison, who created the lights, this is one of my favorite quotes, and it said that the doctor of the future will give no medicine, but will interest his patient in the care of the human frame and diet in the cause and prevention of disease. And to me, I find that we're all running around these big silos of grief with dis-ease and discomfort. Well, I want everybody to get rid of the dis and transform and really find their inner superpowers and balance out the imbalances. And when we teach people how to breathe, you literally come to your senses and have more energy and breath 
work practices, yoga practices help your central nervous system, which is literally the superhighway to your brain because it's all connected. So this movement-based breathwork practices allow you to sleep better, allow you to be more creative, allow you to have a good attitude because you're a little bit more happy and content when you're healthy, when you're passionate about something, when you're vibrant and thriving. And because of this less anxiety, you have lower blood pressure and your heart rate slows down. You actually kind of can sleep better. And because your endocrine system is part of the amazing central nervous system and all these systems work happily ever after together, when your endocrine system is working and functioning properly, it pushes away the toxins and it allows your immune system to be boosted. I could go on and on about all of the cool things about how it should be everywhere and everyone should practice mindfulness and movement. But I think with kids, one of the best things is that you're teaching self-awareness, self-reliance and life lessons and skills that'll last forever. Mm -hmm. And then instead of going on journeys where your car crashes, (laughs) you know, as a metaphor for your body mind, Mm -hmm. you can go on a journey and ride the waves of life and all the ups and all the downs Mm -hmm. are okay because your breath can balance and make you whole. That's great. Mm -hmm. And I want to ask kind of, so you talked earlier about kind of accepting yourself on the inside Mm -hmm. or kind of finding balance first comes from the inside and finding your own like inner beauty. Yeah. And how does yoga and mindfulness help with that? Oh, that's a great question. So when I'm teaching people, I teach them that they need to let their freak flag fly and like own their lives and not live in the shoulda, coulda, wouldas, not live in a space of I'm not like this person or I, you know, comparing and contrasting. I think when we really give ourselves the opportunity to listen within and allow the mind stuff to settle, And it sifts out all the dregs and the yuckiness and the icky feelings. And you really get to sit with that inner beauty and peace of who you are. And then life becomes effortless. Things just organically evolve. And you're not pushing or grasping for, say, like something to happen but it actually starts to kind of come to you because you're in this space of beauty, bliss, boundlessness. It's, I don't know, it makes me want to cry. It's like beautiful. Yeah. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah. It's magical. Yeah. We're alchemists and we haven't given ourselves time or space to really be the creator. That's interesting. And I think... What's interesting about that point and getting to that space where we're kind of maybe in this, I don't know if this is, this might not be the right word, but kind of in a flow state or like you said, life is effortless. Yeah. And I don't know many people that are there. I don't think any of us do. Yeah. And I don't think, well, I'm not there all that often. Like sometimes I can't be there, yeah. but it's, there's things that throw you off. And I think that just happens to a lot of people. But yeah. what, what hinders people from getting to a place where they can be in that flow state? I think that flow state is what you're saying, is a flow. And I do believe that you've been there and we've all been there. Do you like to cook? Yeah. 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 Do you like to paint? Um, I don't paint frequently. (laughs) But like think of like an artist or an athlete or someone who's like, you know, really enjoys like setting the table or making a room look a specific way or someone who's like, I need to take that morning walk because it really helps me find contentment, right? To me, being in the zone is mindfulness, is yoga. But because there is so much chaos and busyness and stress and like things just kind of keep kind of pinpricking on us and we don't have the 
good skill sets to respond wisely, most people get wrapped up in the turmoil or that chaos. But when you have the right skill sets in place, you can teach yourself that there's a calm in the center of the storm. And it's not going to be like, oh, I'm going to ride this all day long. There's going to be bumps, but we're going to learn how to not let our mind get the best of us and actually just be present in the here and now. And then we're not as like, blah, when the the shit hits the fan, right? Right, right. And for adults, I teach people, I just swore, sorry. (laughs) For adults, I teach people, you know, inhale the good shit and exhale the bullshit. Mm -hmm. But when you're teaching it to kids, you're like, inhale and breathe in and create space as if you're breathing in your favorite candy or your favorite flower. And as you exhale, breathe out and blow away those stormy clouds. So blow really hard so the clouds go away. And that's what starts to create a blue sky mind. So if we can teach ourselves that being in the zone doesn't mean, oh, I have to go to an hour long yoga practice or, oh, I have to go to, you know, sit and meditate for like an hour. No, why, what if you were at a stop sign and you took a deep breath in and a really beautiful, amazing deep breath out where you like opened your mouth and went, ah, mm-hmm. that's the magic. So it's almost like finding ways to integrate these practices into everyday life. Because mm-hmm. oftentimes I think people silo things. Like yes. I go to yoga for mm-hmm. an hour or, I, or whatever it is, or I work out for an hour yeah. or, and then I go on and do everything else. Yeah, <laughs> We don't put those things easily together. Mm-mm. So I think that's interesting mm-hmm. and finding ways to kind of integrate calming practices or into our lives is so effective and important. Mm -hmm. The human being who created the practice of yoga and written down on a piece of papyrus, you know, thousands of years ago, Mm -hmm. and we found it and then someone started teaching it, they attribute it to a person named Patanjali. Mm -hmm. Patanjali in yogic philosophy and, and when you kind of break down the word itself, it means consciousness is coming into you right? So when you give yourself space for stillness and allow the fluctuations of the mind to subside and you have that space for quiet and you listen, that is the beauty of what you're trying to attain is moksha in Sanskrit and it means freedom. So if we can calm the mental mind chatter or the monkey mind and become friends with it and realize we are not our thoughts. Those thoughts can't overcome us. So we'll stop maybe siloing things, you know, and we'll be able to kind of just embrace the wholeness of all experiences because you're free and you can kind of walk around with a nice little smile. I am interested in what you said about thoughts and how they can't overcome us. Yeah. Because, and I I was listening to another podcast Mm -hmm. and I don't remember the percentage. I think it was like 80% of our thoughts are negative. Yes. It's horrible. So it's so interesting to hear you say like, these thoughts aren't you. Yeah. And how do you release yourself from your thoughts? Yeah. That's a great question. <laughs> yeah, I'll try and come up with the answer. But it's all, everything I'm saying is not from, it's my opinions, it's my experience. I am definitely not a doctor, <laughs> but I play one sometimes on TV, <laughs> right? You know, like when in classes or with people. So in my opinion, most people are very disconnected. And in order to find optimal alignment, we have to do breathing practices. We have to learn that because our spine is connected to our brain, when we just do some simple movements and breathing practices, we take two disconnected spaces, our right hemisphere and the left hemisphere of the brain, and we literally can integrate the two. One part of our brain wants to negativize, right? Or is very analytical or very like can 
get almost like OCD or start ruminating on something. And the other part of our brain likes to daydream and be creative. And that other hemisphere, you know, does a whole other kind of aspect of our being. But if we can breathe, breathing actually helps you to integrate the right and left hemispheres. And the same thing with the movements because it's moving your spine and that super highway of the body leads to your, your central nervous system, uh, gets the brain to work cohesively. So say you're freaking out. Every 90 to 120 minutes, you breathe through one nostril. And that one nostril goes to the opposite side of the brain hemisphere. So if you're breathing out of your right nostril only, then you're only thinking from the left hemisphere of the brain. Mm. If you're breathing from your right nostril, then you're only breathing from your left hemisphere of the brain. And if you do a sensory integration practice and give yourself two minutes or 30 seconds to just breathe so that you open up the passageways and you can get everything to kind of work together and team up and partner up, that's where the freedom comes. Because then you're literally finding equanimity. You're balancing the scales. Hmm. Yeah, it's fascinating. And that's why people like movement practices so much and yoga is because it's the fastest way to align your body-mind connection because it's a physical discipline, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when you can move or like have a dance party or wiggle and jiggle and shake, Mm -hmm. that literally helps you connect the brain and the body. I also always tell kids that we're the stretch or super stretch is really a universe that is a catalyst for change because it integrates your head and your heart. And I always call, if you have your H, your head, and your heart together, it equals a habit. So these three H's are like the ABCs of mindfulness because you're balancing your emotions, your behavior, and your cognition. Interesting. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah. We're just a machine. uh So if you really think about it, and this is going to be in my response to one of your questions later, I thought (laughs) about it a lot. Yoga is the technology of well-being. Yep. And the inhales and the exhales that we do that power up our life force are actually like the pistons of your car. You're just a superhuman machine. You just don't see all the programming or the cords. (laughs) And I think I discount breath or I Mm -hmm. take it for granted Mm -hmm. because it keeps coming up in our conversation. Yeah. I don't, I don't really, I was thinking, I'm like, I don't pay that much attention to it. (laughs) Yeah. Most people scuba dive, right? So when you're really stressed out and you're driving or you have to get something done, you can hold your breath for a really long time, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Most people only breathe about 30% of their breathing capacity. Mm -hmm. But if you take your index finger and stick it into your tummy, and we live in Minnesota, so this makes sense, like the Pillsbury Doughboy, (laughs) and you stick your finger into your tummy and you go, hee hee right? But if you take and three fingers below there is where the ganglion and nerves of your central nervous system kind of reside. So we don't want to do chest breathing. We want to do deep diaphragmatic breathing that like really gets your body in shape and your mind in shape. And if we can breathe from that space, three fingers below our belly button, that is so incredible because then you're not in that fight or flight, that burning sensation in your chest where you're breathing too shallow, but you're breathing from deep down within, right? And then I tell kids, I tell adults too. I talk to adults like kids sometimes. It's bad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But you have this little trampoline called your diaphragm and your diaphragm is so impressive because it massages all of your internal organs your spleen, your liver, your pancreas, your intestines, your heart even, your diaphragm helps your heart palpitate. And if your lungs are cradling your heart like hands, your lungs and your diaphragm help to get your heart to function properly. So to really be pure of heart, to really have a revolutionary spirit and be the badass mofo that you are, (laughs) you have to find the breath. It's your best friend and it's right below your nose. It's like, and it's free. Oh my God. 
<laughs> I used to bartend. I went to Minnesota School of Bartending. Plug in for a shout out for there. <laughs> they let you go to bartending school when you're young. Mm-hmm. So I went to bartending school and I was, before I could, right when I learned how to drive. So I was 16. And, you know, people pay so much for alcohol because they come up to, they saunter up to the bar and they're like, hey, bartender, you know, like, you know, and they think that's going to make them feel good, right? It's really expensive. And the next day you feel like crap, (laughs) right? And then as you get old, like me, you have to deal with like the ramifications even that gets harder to like break through that fog. Well, wow. Breathing is free and I'm the purveyor of the oxygen cocktail that you're literally like, if you breathe, you're going to be blissed out for life. Really conscious, active, deep breathing. Like I said, I've been taking it for granted and that's something that we can all take advantage of more. So I'm so glad that you're sharing that and kind of helping me to realize that. Yeah. There's studies that show that breathing can help combat asthma. Mm-hmm. help with sleeping disorders. So like I have friends who wear those big Darth yeah. Vader things, yeah. you know, because that you can maybe if you practice breathing and really use it as a discipline and, and a lifestyle, then you won't have to have sleep issues and sleep disorders because of that. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And I think I want to kind of shift yeah. uh, to your life as an entrepreneur. <laughs> And uh, do you have 10 hours? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we could go on for a long time. Yeah. But I'm interested in kind of what successes you've had as an entrepreneur mm. or how you've kind of started to take super stretch in work to uh, make it into something that's producing revenue or that sort of thing. Ha ha ha. That was a lot of questions. Yeah, no, that's good. Okay, so uh, Super Stretch is an amazing passion project. Because I am a big old hippie and the purveyor of the oxygen cocktail, I started teaching yoga unofficially without any certifications 20 years ago. And then I got my first certification over 18 years ago. And that was just because. I was practicing already, right? And so when I decided to take the leap from a corporate job into the wellness world, I really had no idea what that meant. (laughs) And um, it's been a really fun journey. I'm really fortunate because I have lots of certifications and I'm the highest you can be. Uh, It's called a YACEP in Yoga Alliance and I'm a registered school, although I've never opened up a school per se with a footprint. And I have lots of different certifications, different styles of yoga, different styles of meditation that I've studied and gotten accreditations for. Mm-hmm. But what I find that's really interesting is I never planned for Superstretch to be a business, mm. right? It was more like I'm working at a studio, I'm a presenter here, I'm a teacher training staff member. Or I never thought like, oh, this is going to become a full-time business where I'm trying to go out there for the hustle and get money from VCs or, you know, like go and give presentations. Like one of my highlights would be to present at Mini Demo. I did Mini Demo 29. So if anybody wants to watch that. I had lots of interesting experiences in my yoga career and lots of career highlights but kind of like traction and global success of Superstretch is ironic because I didn't start trying to make it a business until over a year ago. Mm-hmm. In my personal career, I've taught at Wanderlust. I've done lots of TV appearances. I've been the co-creator of this incredible fundraising community called Gorilla Yogis that kind of was a precursor to yoga gatherings in the nation that started to raise funds for really good causes. Mm -hmm. And that had been written up in magazines and books, which is fantastic. Shout out to Nan. We did really cool things like have events at the Guthrie Theater and First Avenue where we had like 300 people come and play Prince and do yoga there and had a live action painter. I've been talent in uh, national videos and I've been asked to write books and all kinds of amazing things. But now as I'm moving towards this next phase, it's kind of interesting 
although I have written like a strong spirits, mindfulness and movement chair yoga program that the University of Minnesota studied at Center for Spirituality and Healing. I think it's now Earl Bakken Center for Spirituality and Healing in 2014. I find that the successes I've had in my yoga career can leverage my passion project that I'm trying to turn into a business, but it hasn't helped me to monetize it yet. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I spend a lot of time going to business meetings or going to lectures that they're holding at the University of Minnesota in the entrepreneurial school or going to uh, clubs that are just focused for entrepreneurs or going to meetups that are like, learn how to present in front of a VC kind of a thing, right? This is a really interesting journey for a solopreneur. And I have lots of failures Mm -hmm. and I've had lots of good successes, Mm -hmm. like an article written in the Minnesota Business Journal. Mm -hmm. Just even recently this summer. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But it's interesting because what happens is the cachet and the success of 600,000 downloads hasn't turned into the dream of maybe where I see the company going or the investor who lives and breathes wellness and wants to join on the team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's always about what's my return on investment and Mm -hmm. how come you don't have a whatchamacallit that I can sell? (laughs) And I was like, no, I'm teaching a lifestyle and this is a great platform, but it's, it's an interesting journey. So I don't know if I created a very cohesive sentence for you. It was a very long drown out. (laughs) But I teach the kids that practice is progress. So within myself, I try to really see that failure or a no is just an opportunity. So it's been interesting Mm -hmm. to literally get a gritty MBA and not go to school, but still be learning on my feet all of these things as a solopreneur who hires organizations to help develop the app, who hires people to help to do promotion, who, you know, tries to find different ways to monetize something that's a passion. It's very interesting. Yeah. (laughs) As I said in the beginning, this could be a 10-hour discussion. (laughs) But it's so great to see that you're taking your passion Mm -hmm. and you're bringing it to more people and... I think that's so important that our business or really anything that we do occupationally, if it's tied to passion, good things and and good fruit can be drawn from it. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I'm sure so many people have benefited from what you're doing already. So it's great to see your progress. That's the joy of it, Uh I think. Yeah. Yeah. And as somebody that's got a lot of different things going on. Mm-hmm. How do you work towards integrating your work and your life or kind of working towards balance or is balance even possible in yeah. such a thing? I, even though I'm trying to make a scalable B2B and B2C business and I have a plan and I'm going out and hustling and having meetings and hungry, you know, like actively seeking and I also really try to uh, make sure every morning I put my tush to the cush and meditate Mm -hmm. for a certain amount of time. I make sure that I take time for friends and family and read a good book or, you know, watch a movie with a friend. Mm -hmm. I love cooking. That's one way for me to get in the zone. So I love to like really make good meals. Mm -hmm. And uh, my freezer is full of good meals <laughs> because I can't eat it all myself. So <laughs> if anyone wants to come over and have food with me, they're welcome to. But because I teach that balance is a superpower, I believe I have to live the mission to breathe, stretch, and play every day. And so say like before here, maybe I was at a business meeting then I would give myself an opportunity to maybe daydream in the car and set the timer for a couple minutes just to have space for nothingness, mm. you know, that do nothing. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I would practice squeezing and then letting go where you kind of can go through every part of your body and really just bundle up, then totally release. Mm. There's a fun breathing exercise I like to do with uh, parents and kids alike, that uh, you stand up and you take a 
big, huge breath and you stretch out your arms and your legs, almost like a bright, shiny star. And then as you exhale, you curl up and crunch down and hug your knees and just get really, really tiny and push everything out and push it out. And then you breathe in deeply and you get really big, like a stretch or a yawn. That might be something as a transition. I just try to find joy in the moments and to not take myself too seriously because that's when the ruminating starts. That's when the kind of like the negativizing mm-hmm. starts. And um, I smile a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One thing that also works really well if I only have a couple seconds is to do pulse breathing. So if you take one hand to the other wrist and try and find your pulse and then just kind of breathe with your pulse, all of a sudden it might take down a very loud conversation in your mind and amp it down to a really mellow kind of baseline, really balance out the waves in your, in your brain and the frequency doesn't go from shrieking, ah, it becomes this really nice, gentle, soothing scenario because you've given yourself time to breathe and look within and observe and listen. I'm trying to think of other things I like to do. I'm one of those weird people who likes to sing in the car. <laughs> so if you see someone who's like looks like they're rocking out to 80s classic music, that would be me. <laughs> I put on like KQ really loud or uh, there's some yoga music that I like that I can just stream. Yeah, I don't know spaciousness or like having a quiet mind doesn't mean that you have to totally be like straight and still and be sitting in lotus pose and Mm -hmm. chanting om right Mm -hmm. with your hand in a mudra Mm -hmm. which is an energetic seal but actually everything you have is in the literally the palm of your hands right so you know to me if i just wiggle and jiggle and giggle Mm -hmm. and i feel better then that's my active play. Or if I take a breath or a pulse, you know. So those are the different ways that I try to find balance. But a lot of it is having quality people around me. Yeah. Yeah. That's so great. Thanks mm-hmm. for sharing. And I, I'm sure that will and be... And sleep. Yes. And water. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sleep and water are very important. Yes. So, yeah. And what's um, one thing you do every day to maintain or enhance your well-being? Oh, that's an interesting question. Breathe. (laughs) That's my favorite hashtag. Um, One thing I really like is that I have a live to learn kind of hashtag passion. So I try to learn something new every day, whether it's a word or, you know, read a quote or, you know, look up an article on the BBC. Why do you do that? Why Why do you think it's so important to learn every day? Oh, we're always evolving and transforming and it just, it feeds my soul. (laughs) Yeah. Great. Yeah. Well, as we kind of move towards the end of the podcast, Mm -hmm. how can our audience connect with you? Mm. Well, hopefully there'll be lots of good links on your podcast, of course. There will be, that I know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But you can find all kinds of good stuff on Superstretch are as a lot of my hashtags on Twitter and um, YouTube and Instagram. I've been posting a lot of mindful meditations on YouTube and on the podcast, Super Stretch Yoga podcast. And another thing that is really exciting is that Super Stretch is on Insight Timer, which is an app a lot of people like to use for meditation. And there's a lot of free meditations for kids on there. And I'll be coming out with a course in the Christmas time, New Year's. Mm-hmm. That'll be a way for kids to stress less. Yeah. So fun mindfulness uh, routines for kids to stress less that are about around 10 minutes each. So cool. Mm-hmm. We will link all that up on the show notes, like I mentioned. So if you're listening to this episode, you can go to www.tcwellnesscollective.com mm-hmm. and find the link to Jess Rosenberg mm-hmm. and we'll have everything linked up there. Sweet. And last question, we always end the show in this way and you know it's coming, yeah. but what does well-being mean to you? All right. 
So I've been thinking about this a lot since I heard it on some of your other podcasts and I found you on LinkedIn. So I forgot to say be friends with me on LinkedIn if you'd like to, right? Because I love the idea of the Twin Cities Wellness Collective and everything that you are trying to establish within the organization and as your own personal passion project. So thank you. And yeah, so people, you can find me on LinkedIn. As I've been thinking about this, well-being is a state of being comfortable, healthy, or happy. But to me, I like to break it down even further to the well, W-E-L-L, and then B-E, capital B-E-I-N-G. When you think of the idea of well-being, you think of, oh, being kind or being balanced. But a well is this hole sunk in to the earth to reach a supply of water. So it's a source or an origin of something. And the word be is defined as to be present to or to attend. And the ing is a suffix that makes the word a verb, right? So it's a word to describe action or a state. And that when I think of well-being in terms of my industry and my lifestyle and um, mindfulness, it becomes so much more. It's a state of mind to literally be fully present, dig into the heart, the very reservoir of your essence, of your being, to find your pure of heart revolutionary spirit, the source of your kindness and the source of your compassion. So then you can be aligned with your true nature. So to me, well-being is an act of kindness, not only to yourself, but to everyone you encounter in thought, in speech, and in action. So yoga is like the technology of well-being. That breath and movement allows you to kind of make everything interconnected and whole. Mm -hmm. And when the world is so crazy, I think we need to really stop and recognize what's all around us. And it's time to invite joy into your life and transform. Mm -hmm. And when you tap into well-being, you let go of the stress and anxiety and the chaos of the world and you see the awesomeness and take mindful moments. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a great definition or explanation of what well-being means to you. Thank you so much for sharing. Oh yeah, you're welcome. I hope everybody can be the alchemist of their life and pour themselves an oxygen cocktail and really, really enjoy being present in the here and now. I agree. I think that make the world a better place. Yeah. Well, thank you for being on the show, Jess. I appreciate your insights and I really enjoyed learning from you. Oh my gosh. Thank you for the opportunity for me to profess my love for breath. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah. Anytime. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Wellness Collective. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Twin Cities Wellness Collective podcast. I wanted to take a minute to say more about the Twin Cities Wellness Collective as an organization. The Twin Cities Wellness Collective is a community organization comprised of over 3,000 entrepreneurs, influencers, and thought leaders local to Minneapolis and St. Paul. Our mission is to help those in our city enhance their own well-being and quality of life. On this podcast, we interview one of our members each week to take a deep dive into their business and learn about how they're helping others to live better lives. I also seek to learn about the tactics or habits they live out on a daily basis to provide listeners with strategies they can use to enhance their overall well-being. I also want to say a special thanks to my podcast production team, Richie Dimitrov and Cecilia Mercado. This podcast would not exist without either of them. Richie is the master of editing our show and makes me sound better than I really do. Cecilia Mercado is the founder and owner of Value Pod Productions and is an expert in helping entrepreneurs launch and promote a podcast to grow their business and tell their story. Cecilia has created a workflow to ensure that each week's episode is released on time. The most important part of podcasting is maintaining consistency, and Cecilia has helped me to make sure that an episode is released each week. 
If you are thinking about releasing a podcast, I highly recommend consulting with Cecilia and Richie unless you want to do all the editing and promotion yourself, which would be difficult for those of us that are running a business. You can find Richie's Upwork profile and Cecilia's Facebook business page linked in the show notes if you would like to consult with them about creating a podcast. This podcast thrives based on our guests' willingness to share their story about building their business, the tactics they use to improve their own personal well-being, and the advice for other entrepreneurs or those seeking to live a better life. If you believe you have a story to share that would benefit those in our community, please click the link Want to Be a Guest on our show in the show notes and complete the form. I'd love to talk with you to determine if you would be a good fit for our show. Thanks for listening to the Twin Cities Wellness Collective podcast.